So here we are on a completely non-regularly scheduled recording time. Yep, no schedule. Well, you say that. There was. I wish I had the audio of our last recording session mm-hmm. where you said to me, what if we record every second Tuesday now? Because as you said at the time, no, don't. <laughs> you've never heard me so happy, right? Like it was kind of like a, a, a moment where it was like almost unbelievable to me to hear you suggest that we set a time on our calendar that we could, as I think I said at the time, put a repeating rule on. I mean, yes, you did sound like the happiest boy in the world Mm -hmm. and you were so happy. I found it surprising and and, uh, not really quite what I was expecting because... Because if if I know, because the thing, if I know when we're recording, I know when the show's coming out and I can answer questions that I get and deal with administrative stuff that I need to deal with without either A, just randomly guessing, or B, (laughs) needing to pin you down for a minute to ask you, right? So like Uh knowing is great, but nevertheless, our schedule was immediately broken (laughs) the first time. (laughs) We didn't even get to one of these scheduled recordings. Well, I mean, yeah, you are correct that I was trying to do is solve the problem of let's have something like here, 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 Mike, let me describe to you what the advantage of schedules are. Please, please. I need to know. It's so useful. Uh, It occurred to me that numerous times over the past many years is like, oh, it might be useful to have like a default recording Mm, day. That's mm -hmm. that is the, the the thing is really what I was thinking of is let's let's have a day. That if we don't say anything, we just know is the day that is the recording day. That that's that's what I was that's what I was aiming yeah, for. And that is the real genuine like relief for me of mm-hmm. knowing roughly when I can plan to. Because mm-hmm. there are times, many times, where we'll have a date that we were gonna do and we move it for some reason, like we did this one. Mm-hmm. And then the day before, I'm like, is he remembered? <laughs> because you're not wrong history you're not wrong to wonder <laughs> has proven that there are many times where we had a day we moved a day because you've got something happening yeah. and then you forget yeah i think you you have also developed a pretty good radar for when is gray very busy with some self-contained project yeah and so like when is he extremely likely to have completely forgotten that the outside world exists like mm-hmm. I, th- I think you've gotten a good sense for that over the years so so you're not well, you're not well, wrong like, honestly <laughs> the last couple of weeks have been like a real good like I, you know from from mm-hmm. the time before uh you put out the gray was wrong video mm-hmm. to now like I could I can sense when you're <laughs> off the radar a little bit, right? Yeah, and yeah. and you know, at that time it's like fine. Like I know if, if something's urgent, I can flag you down, but otherwise I'm just gonna like batch up my questions and we'll deal with them <laughs> later on, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so when that happens, I know that there is a strong likelihood that if I can tell that you're still in that mode. Mm-hmm. I need to like really triple <laughs> confirm with you that you know we're recording. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. But yeah, so I, I was just been trying to do a bunch of much more longer term planning and just thinking things through. And I was like, oh, hey, what I would like for Cortex is just some like you, you said it exactly correctly. I was trying to think, 
I want a repeating rule for this mm-hmm. that can just be the default if we don't say anything else. But then you are correct that we agreed on that and probably not. But two days later, like my whole life exploded. And I yeah. was like, well, I'm going to be shockingly busy until this thing is done. So uh, it didn't even occur to me when I was like, we got to move back that Cortex recording date. Like, this isn't happening. And I think the first thing you said to me is like, oh, you've already broken the schedule that you, you promised me. We didn't me get instantly. to one. We didn't even get to one. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mike. But look, I had notice. All I ever want is notice. You know, you just mentioned something. Like, I, I want to come back to the scheduling thing a little bit because, like, you are doing some interesting stuff with scheduling at the moment in your life, which is it's very fascinating okay. to me. You just put up a video called Weekend Wednesday. Like, you have not only – like, you've completely upended what a week looks like. So, yes, you are doing some interesting things. Well, yeah, well, you're also breaking the timeline here, Mike, because I haven't put it up yet. We're recording before it goes <sighs> yeah, up. I know, like, but we've specifically said we're going to wait, although no, you've made that promise <laughs> that you've made to me again a million times where it's, I have a video that's coming out. Right. It's definitely coming out Tuesday. Yeah, no, 100% it's coming out Tuesday, Mike. I believe that you believe it. Right. Right. But, which is why when I just had to tell someone when the episode was coming out, I said most likely Wednesday. Right. Because it could be Thursday because the video might come out on Tuesday because that's also like a thing that's happened many times. And I'm not criticizing. Uh. Right. Like, but what I'm, all I'm trying to prove in this discussion here is we're a good team. <laughs> because I know how you work, right? right? <laughs> it's very kind of you. Yes, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. I mean, but it's you know, like yeah, yeah. People work in different ways. Like cortex is a thing that you do, but you have mm-hmm. a much more time-consuming thing that you do. Podcasts are the thing that I do. Like there's like a, mm-hmm. dif- it's all different, right? Like yeah, you know, it could easily be the other way around, but it's not. Like this is just the way that it is, and I'm more flexible in Mm -hmm. my schedule than yours can be because there are like much more dependencies so like anyway but there was something you mentioned around you were saying about like looking at your schedule and and thinking about things it pointed to something that i've been acutely aware of right now and that i'm referring to as being pandemic busy okay that i think is a re could become a real problem What, uh, what do you mean by pandemic busy Right. So I think a lot of people right now, because their lives have changed so much, they have like different demands on their time. They're using Mm -hmm. their time in different ways that people are starting to fill this time with stuff. Maybe they have a new project that they want to work on, a side project, Mm -hmm. or they are taking on more responsibilities in their life in some way, whether it's with work or like different family responsibilities or social Mm -hmm. responsibilities that I'm worried that when life returns to normal, people are going to be really overwhelmed because they've taken on Uh. so many things during the pandemic that their normal lives would not allow them to do. Hmm. And I'm worried that like, this is a, this is going to become a problem for people afterwards. Like I'm also really worried about the ergonomics concern that I have about people. Um, which is that like people working from home now, we spoke about this before, not considering mm-hmm. their ergonomics, think that they're totally fine because it didn't right. start hurting immediately, but it yeah, doesn't. Right. It takes months to like, so like, I feel like now we're in like the points, like six months, right? Now we're uh, in the time when people's bodies are going to start breaking if they weren't paying attention. 
Yeah, that's like yeah. a whole other thing. But this yeah, is this that, new thing that I'm working that, that, on. That's a good point. Yeah, for for sure. There's a lot of really wonky home office setups mm -hmm. where you're like, oh yeah, this this stool and this card table is perfectly acceptable for me to work on. And then yep. six months later, you're like, why does my back hurt so much? Exactly. <laughs> or like, oh, I can just like stare down at my laptop the whole time. I don't need to elevate and get an external keyboard. Like that's not yeah. something I need. It's yeah. like no, that's something you definitely need. Okay, so so yeah, so pandemic busy. What I thought you meant by this is like, oh, people are just filling up their time with make work you know mm -hmm. because they've they've got nothing to do but so so this is it's actually a good point so i forget what's, what's that rule like you know work expands to fill the time that you have or something like yeah. it feels like this is a variation on people always have a certain number of projects or obligations in their life mm -hmm. and so like you so you think people are filling back up to whatever their personal level of like this is the optimal number of projects that i want to work on mm -hmm. they're filling up to whatever that is without considering the fact that they're going to need a lot more slack in the system when if real life returns back and and comes in with like oh hey remember commutes remember all the office stuff that you have to deal with remember social obligations so that's what you're concerned about is like people yep. are loading up and it's going to be like system shock later yeah. hmm it's a really interesting point that's a really interesting point this goes into my personal theory which like where i am right now in my life is believing things will go back to normal, but it's going to be a long time, right? Like mm -hmm. that's where I am right now, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like, I believe there will be a restored sense of normality in our future, but it's still a way away. Like it's still at least a year away, right? Like that's kind of where I am right now. Hmm. And, you know, like we can argue the specifics, but basically the idea of like, we don't think about lockdowns anymore, right? It's like a thing in our lives. And, you know, like we start thinking about like, oh, we should work in offices. Now, there is a whole other question, which I do want to get into more at some point in the future, where I believe the office work is just going to change because of the economics of it, not because of the disease, right? Not because of the virus, right? So like, hmm. there's a lot of companies now that are like, holy shit we're saving millions right why the hell do we have these offices right and so like i don't believe all corporate real estate will go away but i think significant chunks of it will because uh, there are always jobs that people work better in person or there are always situations where like there are people that can't work comfortably at home it's not easy for them like they don't like it and it's good to have options but i can right. imagine a situation where lots of big companies have maybe 50 percent of the office space that they had before Hmm. so like that that's like a thing that i think there will be changes but the idea of like the way people live their lives like i think it will return to a sense of normality but we're still a way away from it which is why this thing is concerning to me of like we've still got a long time to go people don't want to be bored people don't want to be sitting around doing nothing and or people see this as a time of like look at this extra time i have i have this project that i've always wanted to do I've now saved two hours of my day every single day through not needing to commute. I can finally do that thing. And then they get mm. used to that thing being in their life. And then they need those two hours back. Like, it's just like a, mm. it's, and this isn't me saying like, don't do the thing, right? Because obviously we care like deeply on this show about people having projects, right? Yeah. But I think it's something that we need to keep in mind. It started for me because for many reasons, some that we'll go into during this episode. I am in a very busy time right now. Mm. And it's just been a thing where I've thought, huh, I feel busy again. Mm. Why? 
And so, like, I've come to the conclusion that the, the stuff that I'm working on is short term, and I would have just felt more busy than I currently do. But it's about I'm 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 trying to not fall into the trap of I have a bit of extra time free. It's time to start a new podcast. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, at least from what I know about your upcoming schedule, it it does strike me that like, oh yes, this is just a busy time yep. as there are busy times. So you don't think that there's anything in your personal life right now that you would identify as like, oh, oh no, this is a pandemic busy project. No. Okay. There's like so, some social things have changed, mm-hmm. but I think that they will just get replaced. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just a case of like looking around at the people in my life and looking at people like I see online and stuff. And it's like, hmm. It's just been like a, a little, it's like this term that's just been bubbling around in my brain a little bit that I think I want to return to at mm. some point in the future but i wanted to like float it by you to see if it, it like held mm. i keep hearing people say like oh because of the pandemic i'm like trying out this new hobby or whatever which is awesome great use mm. of your time but my concern is that there will then be a sense of overwhelm later mm. yeah I, I think i think you might be right i'm just i'm just sort of mentally filing through all the like the cards in my head for the projects and things like i don't, I don't feel like there's anything for me that really sticks out as that but it, the idea still feels pretty valid though like oh this is totally going to be a thing because so like you were saying in that i think it was in your q a video that you put just put up slash are going to put up have will put up have will uh, <laughs> that you had a bunch of stuff on your calendar right which obviously got yeah. cleared off but it's not like you're now not doing anything yeah yeah right so you are filling it with other things and and then it's just a question of is this the less or more or could I potentially go through this time and mm. have come up with a really great idea that later on means way more work when I can go back to doing those projects again. Mm. No, I mean, part of why I, I originally suggested like, oh, let's have a default Cortex recording day, uh, even if it gets moved. And uh, talking about projects is I was aware suddenly of, oh, I need to really seriously sit down and, and plan and think about the order of a bunch of things that I was thinking I was going to work on. Like mm-hmm. we, we've been long enough that I've, I've recognized, oh, a bunch of these projects, they're not temporarily on hold and I'll get to them in a month. It's more like, okay, assume these projects simply cannot be done or cannot be finished. And if that's the case, you need to re- like rethink in a really vague way, what does the rest of the year of videos look like? Like which topics are you going to do or, or, or that kind of thing. So that's why I was in like a, a scheduling mood and, and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't strike me as pandemic busy because this is always a thing that I do is, is I, I, again, I don't even, this is not like any target that I try to stick to. It's just the vague concept of what are the next four to six most probable main videos that are coming up is just a yeah. like a useful thing to think about but you could see i guess if somebody thought like you a, a little like enough that so someone would like you enough like that they could be planning out their next six videos and then the travel starts again so the yes, four exactly. projects that they were working on before are now also in the hopper Yes, ex- yeah, exactly. The, the, the only thing that makes it different for me is that because of the way I structure my whole life, I'm able to then just push back and like rearrange all of yep. those projects. But yes, like most people in most working situations, projects come with more clear and direct external dependencies and obligations. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I can totally see that, that you can very easily work yourself into way too many obligations 
that like just cannot possibly fit into a normal person's life once a normal person's life returns. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really valid concept. And I, I think you're right to, I don't know, maybe this feels like the real danger zone time for this of people having pandemic projects and taking on more like right now. And then also, you know, real life returning maybe at some point on the horizon. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Because I don't know about you, but like, I feel like this is life now. Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, I feel like I'm ad- I've adapted. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm taking my eye off the ball. It, what it means is like, we have our flow now, right? Like mm. we know how we operate in life. And so I think it's the time it could for a lot of people where they were like, all right, this is what I'm used to for now. Uh, so what changes, right? Like maybe people are spending like time reassessing. Mm. I like your weekend Wednesday idea, by the way. <laughs> I wished it was something that I could easily implement, but I have a lot of like scheduled projects on Wednesdays. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I don't need to move. But similarly though, I do always try to keep Thursday or Friday in a week pretty open mm. so I can have uh, a backup weekend day. Mm. That happened this very week. So I kept pretty much most of yesterday free because right. we were working today. Right, right. Which is a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the weekend Wednesday thing for me is directly related to quarantine. Mm. And the evolution of the thought starts with a conversation you and I had at the very beginning of this whole thing where you were talking about taking the weekend really seriously. Mm. This was part of the whole like, what day is it? What mm-hmm. month is it? I have no idea. Right? You, like you lose sense of time. Do I need a giant sign in my house that says Saturday? <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought that was a, that was a really good point about take the weekends seriously this is now a vital thing and it's also something i think just generally over the past many years of of my working in my life i've never really taken the weekends seriously you know this is always the problem of being a self-employed person is you know you can you can just very easily end up always working or half working which is even worse so i totally like i was like oh yeah you're you're 100 right like Keeping psychological distance between days on and days off is a thousand times more important now in the same way that like exercise is mandatory. It doesn't matter what you think about it. Like you have to do this now. But it started this thought process because I've always like whoever came up with the seven day week is the worst number. The seven day week is like incredibly frustrating. It's a prime number. It doesn't divide easily. I don't like it. Two thumbs down to the inventor of the seven day week. I found myself like taking the weekend seriously, but getting increasingly annoyed by the amount of time is just wrong. And I've tried to come up with various schemes for could I have a 12 day week that overlaps with the seven day week? Oh, you see, this it, is, this is yeah, the thing exactly. that you are not allowed to keep doing. Well, <laughs> I'll just change time. I'll, I'll live on a different time zone. Like you, can't, like, you can't just keep trying to do these things. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. I, like, just, I live on a different time zone and my week lasts 12 and a half days. Well, okay, but so here's. You know, 
the problem is that the external world exists, yes. right? And so you can have these like these great patterns where you have some very old calendars do this kind of thing where it's like, oh, we have three cycles. There's a three day cycle and a nine day cycle and a 12 day cycle. And like different combinations of the cycles mean different things. And it's like, oh, look at this. Like, I think you could actually design something that works pretty well, like for actual human times. So it's like, but guess what? Seven's a prime number. So f- you right like nothing you can possibly invent is ever going to line up with the seven day Uh, schedule on any kind of scale you know it's just like it just mathematically doesn't work no matter how much you try although i've tried many times right to somehow defeat prime numbers like i don't know what i was thinking but yeah so while i was taking the weekend really seriously i just kept thinking that everything about the this traditional work week doesn't work but is there something that i can fix and For me, at least, realizing that I find I rarely really need the two days in a row off and that the two days off are are sort of, they're ineffective being back to back. And so I thought, okay, weekend Wednesday is going to be a weekend day and I'm going to take that work day and put it on Saturday so that I have two days of work, one day off, three days of work, one day off and just repeat that cycle over and over again. And I have to say, it's it has been I've been doing it basically the whole quarantine and I love it. Like, Mm -hmm. I just I find it is perfect as much as can be done within the constraints of a seven day week. This little pattern, I think, is about as optimal, at least for me, as as I can possibly make it. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I made like this little light gray video where I want to like propagandize this concept. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, this is not going to work for 99.9% of people on the planet. But I think there are enough people who, if they're able to have some control over their schedule, might benefit from trying something like this out, you know, because again, there's not there's not an infinite number of different types of people. I think this could really work for some self-employed people or for some students. And yeah, I've just absolutely loved this new schedule. And I, I think this is going to last for the rest of my life, I suspect. <laughs> well beyond quarantine, at least. So what day did you... You removed Saturday, right? Yeah, so Saturday is a work day. Right, okay. That, that's, that's what happened. I think the thing that I liked about it the most, which is a very good point of like, if you work Saturday... That is like a day when you can put in things where you don't want to be disrupted. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody else is working. So they'll leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, I mean, a, a little bit of this comes out from back when I was being a teacher. Like you have these days where you're, you're, you're supposed to put in like a certain amount of time before the school year starts up. And I would always try to strategize about like, I want to go in on the days when no one else is there. And you can get 10,000 times more done when no one else is around. And I also find like even even for me, it's been useful to have a day where it's just like the possibility of the outside world interrupting you is much lower, uh, like with work related stuff. If you make Saturday a work day mm. and yeah, it's just it's been it's been really, really great. And I just I find that that this the cycle feels just about right i don't have the feeling uh like i i did when i was taking the weekend seriously but still doing five days in a row of like real work of feeling like thursday afternoon to friday felt like really unoptimal time like i'm still working but i'm working at a lower percent efficiency than otherwise and so i think like having a a weekend wednesday day as a break day 
really feels like it keeps the efficiency up much higher for all of the other workdays. Although, again, because I haven't actually put that video up yet and we're recording ahead of time, this is one of those videos that like I'm a little worried about, like, how is this going to be received? Like, I don't know if everybody's going to totally hate this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like a... <laughs> look at you. You can change your work. Week. Yeah, this is this is totally a, like, well, that's great for CGP Grey, you know. <laughs> you know, obviously, there's no big company in the world that would ever do it because too many people would hate it. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, some of some of the teams of people that I know you know, like in, in YouTube and education land where they're like small teams of people, I could totally see a small team of people yeah. trying it out and, and thinking like, oh, this actually works. A flexible time exists. Yeah, flexible time yeah. exists. It's it's a thing that lots of companies do. Yeah. And, and even the people that I work with are very happy to have some concept of like, when is he around? When is he not around? You know, yeah. and like, so even here, like, you know, I, I don't enforce a schedule on anybody. But just knowing like what days is gray working or what days is gray not working, even even within like with that or even within my own like personal life, just with my family, I'm surprised at how everybody is thrilled to know like what days is he on and what days is he off. Yeah, imagine if it was possible to like share a bit of a schedule with people. What are, what are, you, what are you trying to get at? It can make them happier. <laughs> collaborate and work with I don't, you, I don't you know? I, what, what are you what are you what are you trying to get at here i don't understand the point you're trying to make structure gray <laughs> you know like it's people love it <laughs> this episode of cortex is brought to you by setup there's an app for everything these days some are excellent some not so much there's too many apps out there to choose from right well a great way to discover new and quality apps while getting all the tools that you need to be successful and productive is by using setup a subscription for mac apps setup packs over 190 high quality apps into one and there's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started Setup also now allows you to take your projects to your iPhones and iPads with support for iOS companion apps from your Mac favorites like Ulysses, Todo, and Taskheat. Setup has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality applications, which means that you don't have to spend tons of time searching for the best tools. And it's really great value too. Instead of paying thousands of dollars for tons of app licenses, you just pay one flat monthly fee. New apps are added regularly, updates are free, and all of these applications are their full featured pro versions. Head over to setapp.com to try Setapp free for a week. If you like it, just pay $9.99 per month for as long as it's useful to you. And it will be. Once again, go to setapp.com, that's S-E-T-A-P-P.com, to see how it fits in with your workflow. Our thanks to Setapp for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Cortexmerch.com. Cortexmerch.com. We have a limited quantity available now of what I'm referring to in my mind as the doomed reprint of the Theme System Journal. Oh, it's very serious sounding. Well, this order was placed in November? Oh, God. God. No, that can't be true. That cannot be true. I had the order in before uh, Lunar New Year. That was the goal. I, I put this order in, I believe, at the end of... 2019 Ugh. 
2019 even happen? Was 2019 real? Like, it feels so long ago. Okay. <laughs> it's like, at that point, I really couldn't remember what year was last year. Like, I really <laughs> could not remember that. Right. So I ever put it, I put this order in, in either maybe like December or maybe January of this year. But the idea was to beat Lunar New Year. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that doesn't remember, coronavirus hit in China mm-hmm. during Lunar New Year. Like, that was when it spread. Mm-hmm. because that was people coming together and that was that right so it is kind of like when i look back on it now with hindsight it's like not a funny haha but like a funny thing like i was very aware more aware of coronavirus than most people mm-hmm. because our notebooks were delayed right but i never thought right like nobody did i never thought that this would happen you know i have no concept of it of something like this. It was just like, oh, maybe it'll be like swine flu, mm-hmm. I guess. No. Anyway, so this reprint is the order that has been uh, in the works for the best part of eight months. Oh, and uh, there, the, the other thing is like, I cannot find the energy to, to actually talk about all of this, but like, mm-hmm. it wasn't just this. There were also like multiple issues with this reprint this was the one where gray you may remember this where they i think i told you about it i don't know if i've told this story on the show where i was sent box of samples of 50 samples and only three arrived oh right yeah and then two days later the rest arrived because the box was damaged but it's it's Mm -hmm. like there's just been this is just this entire reprint has been a comedy of errors Mm -hmm. but they are available now you can go to cortexmerch.com we still have a small amount left so if you do want one get one Um, and i will say just like we are working on the second edition Mm -hmm. this will most likely be the last reprint of the current version of the book. Mm-hmm. So the second version of the book, the structure is the same, but there are some features that we're adding and I'm changing some stuff about the way it's printed to make the process more manageable, Yeah, I'll say. But I'll talk about that later on. Yeah. But yeah, so you can get them now at cortexmerch.com. If you want a journal... Get a journal right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember how hard it was to get them printed the first time, and I'm basically restarting the process. So. Yeah, look, like you know, we all we all know, like, oh, look, Cortex Journal is going through a chip transition. You know, so should I get the next one or should I get the now one? Get the now one. Like, get the I'm now one. Like, I'm telling you that right now, man. You want a journal? You better buy it right if now. If you are using <laughs> one and coming towards the end of it, or if you think you might be interested, you should buy one of these. Yeah. because I there will be more yeah. hopefully this year but like who the f- knows yeah, right? yeah, yeah it's difficult to deal with yeah we're, yeah we're working on it but you know it's it is uh it's hard to make promises it's yeah. hard to have estimates considering the amount of these that we have sold and the amount of times that we've had them for sale it would seem like maybe this is like a, a little thing that we work on. Like, I'm not mm. kidding. I spend time every single day mm. on this project, right? Every day I'm doing something on this project. Yeah. 
it is this is a very hard business to run yeah i, I mean we we said a year ago like oh you can totally understand now how anybody who manufactures a physical product it takes so much longer than you than you think and, yep. and this is this has been a real lesson in that of Yep. You think, oh, why, why can't they just make another? It's like, oh, no, no. When you, when you start talking about supply chains and factories and all the Sometimes rest of it, it's Sometimes it's not so as hard. easy as just you wanting to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> but like, you know, the, basically the work that I'm putting in now is from having spent a lot of time learning over the last year and a bit, right? Mm. And so I feel like I'm in so much of a better place now than I was a year ago in trying to understand how to make this stuff work. And I feel like I'm taking what I've learned and putting it into the second edition with the plan being of making this a more sustainable isn't the word, but like a a running, constantly running yeah. product, which it hasn't been. Yeah, the way I describe it is, is you're trying to smooth out the variance. Right? Yes. Love, like we, we don't want big shipments occasionally like we want to be able to figure out how to how to make this more of a regular thing that's that's yeah, the main like goal if somebody goes to cortexmerch.com on july 29th to buy a journal i just want there to be one for them <laughs> it's such right? a simple thing <laughs> that's the plan because then yeah. like once we finally get that done i can turn my attention to other projects that i've wanted to work on for two years yes, right yes that are related to the cortex brand company mm-hmm. but the entire output of the cortex <laughs> brand company is just soaked up by the theme <laughs> system journal one day so anyway cortexmerch.com so I have been on a bit of a quest with real-time collaboration. Okay. So I've had, my mind has been taken up by note-taking, but I noticed that you'd put something in our document about note-taking as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, listeners, I've just been through a, a big thing. Like, we're recording, I guess it's a little more than two weeks after I put up that whole, like, CGP Grey was wrong video where I, I was partly like reevaluating my entire process of working yeah it if i can give it a one sentence summary mm-hmm. let's just say there was an error in the research process of a video and then you made what i think is a very good video about your process which people can find in the show notes i'll put a link to it if they haven't seen it already so it was yeah it's just it's been like it's been quite a two weeks <laughs> is, is what it's been or it's three weeks now actually and so as as, as part of like the internal post-mortem of that project it's it's funny i realized at one point like so i I basically um like i took a week off of all writing projects i decided okay after this what i can't do is i can't just you know oh that well that was an interesting terrible experience like let me just dive right into whatever the next video is going to be i thought like okay now i need to i need to take some time off here and now that the correction has been made and, and like all, all of that has been done, I need to like just sort of think about the actual process, what it's going to look like going forward or be able to think without a time constraint on like what might I want to change or, you know, how might things be different? And it, it was funny. At some point I realized, oh, I'm doing the thing that I think people think I spend all of my time doing, which is thinking <laughs> about productivity. <laughs> right like and trying new apps and systems yeah and trying new apps and systems and it's just like it just struck me like three days into the project mm-hmm. as a really funny thing this is the phenomenon 
this is a long I'm going a long way around here, all right, to make a point. No, no, go. This is like the phenomenon that people talk about that causes like FOMO with Instagram influencers. What do you mean? Where you as a consumer mm-hmm. only see what they show you. Right. right so right. like what an influencer shows you. So it looks like they're traveling all the time because they just show you that they're traveling all the time. Yeah. Well, for me and you with with productivity tools, <laughs> yeah. We always tell the Cortexans with every tool that we use. Yeah. But that doesn't mean all we do <laughs> is try new tools, right? So like every time we do it, we tell you about it. So it feels like we do it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it is a very funny selection effect yeah. that I mean, it's it's easily got to be 99% of the things that I ever try or think about relating to productivity are discussed on the show, right? <laughs> but I'm not spending 99% of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just funny. And I, I think this is also, unlike the influencer effect, which is it's just a pure selection effect, I also just think like the, the, you know, the topic of work is always endlessly interesting to me. Like I always, when I meet new people, I do always love to ask them like, you know, oh, how do you work and how does it go? Because people are just so wildly different. Like one big slider that people end on different parts of is the like, how much do you need scaffolding to assist you with your work versus how much are you like Nike and you can just do it, right? And I, and I think that there's often like a lot of confusion between those two groups, like not understanding each other. And so I think the people who are more on the just do it end of the spectrum then get like doubly frustrated with, this person talks about productivity all the time, you know, and it's it's just like there's there's like an additional layer here on top of the selection effect. But it, it also just like really made me smile when the thought popped into my head. I was like, oh, here I am. I'm reading a bunch of stuff on uh, particularly note taking was what was my main focus. But I was like, I just I just realized, like, I am the the picture right now of what people think I am. I'm like, yeah, I've got two iPads in front of me. I'm taking like notes on one of those iPads. I've got a whole bunch of index cards spread across my kitchen table. And there's like pens. And it's like it was just a funny moment to, to become like self-aware. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is the thing. You were like gray prime. In that <laughs> yeah, moment, exactly. You know? it was, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the idea in people's heads of what I am. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, well, this is silly. But yeah, I have to say, like, it, it was a really interesting, I'm sort of coming to the end of that time now and, and booting back up the writing projects. So I'm not 100% settled on it. So this is still a little bit of like thoughts in progress on a thing. But one of the areas that I just sort of recognized as like what really needs rethinking is how do I take notes, right? Like, so when I'm working on a project, how do I organize the information related to that project? Right. You know, and, and this is, we've always talked about it, the section of the show with the best show art of any of them, Evercore, right, is... For years, I've used Evernote as the the place that is like all of my notes. And so for all topics, anything that I think is interesting, like I just save web pages and PDFs and books and like everything goes into Evernote and like all of it is tagged with what is vaguely the topic that it's related to. And I've just like, I realized I've never really thought about that system since I first started doing it 
you know, nine years ago or whatever. I've just never mentally reevaluated it. What do you mean? I mean, we've spoken about you wanting to leave Evano a bunch of times. Is okay, so, not, so no, yeah. so so here here's what I mean by like not reevaluating it. So people are like, hey, have you heard the good news about Microsoft OneNote? I don't know if if you've ever heard of a thing called DevonThink, but this exists. You know, like that's a totally different sort of question of are you frustrated with Evernote? Are there problems with the app that you don't like? That kind of thing. Ah, uh, so that was always more the application not being suited to the process. Yeah. But what you weren't considering was the process. Like, how do I save a piece of information? Where is it stored? How is it tagged? What are these pieces of information? Yeah, it's 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 actually it's a little tricky to even articulate, but but I guess what I what I would say is this is like on all of my projects, I would just have a huge pile of like here's all the primary sources related to whatever this topic is, you know, so and I would I would work through those things and like I would write a script based on them. But um so okay, so here, let me back up and talk about like the story of of like Gray's history with the concept of notes, right? And taking notes, right? So I've always thought that like the way people think about notes in particularly like a school situation is that notes are totally worthless has, has always been my experience. Like mm -hmm. I don't understand why this happens. I have a, I have a particularly weird situation with this because I literally never took notes in school because as we found out later, I was not able to read the board. For some reason, I snuck through the entire eye testing system and it was never noticed until I was well into high school that my vision was not good enough to actually see the board. And so I always had the experience of, yeah, you, you sit in school and, you know, you listen to the teacher and then, you know, you take the test based on like what you can remember or what's in the textbook. What did you think the board was for then? <sighs> okay. That's an excellent question, Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to get off on like an entire side tangent of this, yeah. but I have in the past year really become increasingly fascinated with this concept of how people cannot notice the things in life that they don't notice, right? Or like how brains can be different and you're just completely unaware of, of something. Mm. And so what did I think the board was for is a fantastic question. And like the best answer I can give is... I guess I thought that this was like the teacher was working out things for themselves. Like, you know, right. when you're doing a math problem, you have to write it down. It's their own reference material. <laughs> yeah, like it was like the board was for the teacher, I guess, <laughs> you know. Um, but but I, I think the like the deeper truth of it was because I didn't I couldn't see the board. I just didn't consider it. Right. right. Like it just wasn't really in my world. And. This also happened to be a perfect storm of things because um, the way the, the New York state education system works is that everything is based around a series of like extremely automated standardized tests. You know, like everything is multiple choice, even physics tests, like they're all multiple choice as much as can be humanly automated is. And so as a student, you have a really clear target. 
There are these standardized tests. There's like books about how to pass them. All of the classes are, are oriented towards that. There's very little human subjectivity. And so mm. the effect of like the particularities of individual teachers was greatly lessened under that system. Right. Which also means that like it doesn't matter so much if you're just preparing for the English Regents exam or the Math Regents exam. Like that's just a thing that you can do and no one cares. None of the teachers cared about your notebooks because like it, that was entirely like, hey, kid, this is your problem. All we care about is how well you're doing on our like practice standardized tests. Mm -hmm. So that's also how like how on earth did I get through this without being noticed? And also it like I guess there's also elements of like random chance in it because you had to always be in every class far enough away from the board that you could never read it. Okay, so, so I have the answer to this question, which is that, at least in my high school, you were always allowed to pick your seats. Yeah. That first day of class, it was always my goal to sit in the back corner, right? One of the two back corners was like, that is my prime target, and then as close as I can get to that is what I was always aiming for. Okay. So so there wasn't the random chance of like, oh, I'm in the front in some classes. I was never in the front. <laughs> it's like you sit in the front one day, and it's like... Oh, like all the formulations start passing in front of your eyes. Like, what is this incredible source of information? <laughs> well, well, again, like I just think there's a way in which it's, it's just not obvious to you mm -hmm. if you don't know. Sure. Uh, the, the other thing for me was like, I didn't know you could see people's faces right across the street. So right. it like it never occurred to me that humans can identify other humans by their face at greater distances. Yeah, when I got glasses for the first time, I kind of equated it to like going from standard definition to high definition. Right. Like right. there were just signs that I didn't read and I just figured you couldn't read them until you right. got a little bit closer. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, my vision is not as bad as yours, clearly, but but mm -hmm. like it is you know, I can I can understand that a little bit, but it, there is just this uh, I mean it's kind of hilarious really that like <laughs> just like what board? <laughs> what the are you talking about? Yeah, it just didn't exist in my world. And I, and I think this is like just one of, of several kinds of examples where like you have no reason to notice a deficiency. My like other example of this is colorblindness. You know, like for people who are colorblind, once you have like a set of tests, this is a very easy thing to identify. But people can go a long time without knowing that they're colorblind because it's just like how does this concept enter your mind if if it's not like brought out in an a b testing kind of situation you can just think like oh other people are, are better at distinguishing these two things but like it just doesn't really cross your mind right like why why would it but yeah so in high school i was like oh <laughs> notes serve no purpose and even after i got my glasses you know it, i didn't like start taking notes then i just thought like oh you know look at all the stuff the teacher's writing on the board yeah. it's uh, how academically interesting is that but you know like i don't i'm not gonna start this now yeah and then when i went into college as a general statement like all of my physics professors provided class notes because their their whole thing was like hey what we're doing here is really hard pay attention and think it through like don't waste your time writing notes in class and so that ended up being like my first formal exposure to notes it was like, don't bother. Like, we're going to give you notes. You know, you're grown up now. We don't have to we don't have to like do this pretend game. Mm -hmm. When I became a teacher myself, I attempted to replicate creating class notes for my students. 
And then I was immediately told by the school, like, you can't just give <laughs> you can't just give notes to your students in the UK system. It's incredibly important that all of the students are like little tiny mimeograph machines. Like they have to write down all of all of the things that you say in class word for word. And so my experience as a teacher was like this whole note system is fraudulent. I have to make kids write down notes so that the school doesn't fire me because the school cares about when the inspectors come. We have a bunch of notebooks to demonstrate that learning has occurred to the inspectors because obviously like no one can learn anything if you haven't had like written documentation of, of that having occurred. So this is this like funny way of saying that like I have an entire lifetime of academic experience that told me taking notes is a kind of nonsensical busy work. And whenever like looking at productivity materials, like reading books or watching videos about like how people are productive, I was always really puzzled at the parts where people are like, oh, uh, I read a book and I take these, you know, these detailed notes on like what the book was or like what are the important ideas. And I, I like I just always found that odd. Like, I don't understand what this is. And I thought it was a kind of. I don't know, like a kind of cargo culting, like, oh, this is a this is a thing that you learned in school about how people learn, you know, but you're learning when you read the book and then you remember the things that are in the book, like, the you know, these notes aren't doing anything except they're like a, just a repeated behavior. So all of this brings to like, oh, w what was I doing when I'm making videos? And the answer is like, oh, I'm reading tons of stuff and I'm remembering things. And the key skill is like, be able to remember where the information that you need is. Like you can just like, okay, yeah, I read this thing in this article. Like, let me go back and, and check where that was. Or like I'd read through books and I'd do highlights and then I would import those highlights and surrounding information into Evernote. And it's like, okay, great. Now I've got a version of this book that instead of having to reread 300 pages, I've pulled out like here are the 20 key pages that are related to whatever it is that I'm working on. So there's a way in which like I can reread this book in minutes, like not reread this book over the course of days. Right. Mm -hmm. So like this is kind of what Evernote was to me it was a really big pile of mostly primary sources with occasionally really brief in quotes notes at the top of these primary sources which would be me just like very briefly perhaps summarizing like oh what was the important thing in this one or like this is the one that talks about that piece of information like that's what that's what Evernote was for me does that make sense yeah I mean I will say I don't think that when you're saying like the like notes part like it's not notes like that's not taking of, of sources right like that if I was doing what you were doing that's what I would do right okay but so I almost wish we were recording this episode like two weeks from now because I think I could articulate some of this stuff better. Well, that's what follow-up's for. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the key concepts I've had here is is like, oh, partly, even writing little summaries to yourself is like not what Evernote is for. Hmm. Evernote really should be like a library of primary sources only. There is a useful layer of what we can call notes that can exist on top of this. 
And, and like, and that's what I've been exploring this past week is, okay, let, let me try to get out of my head all of this like academic cruft that has built up in my head about like what notes are and try to re like reapproach this topic. So this would be, because yeah. I'm trying to follow here, the idea here is instead of attaching all of the notes to sources, you have notes about certain projects, certain topics, certain things. Mm-hmm. And if needed to, you can say like, oh, I got it from here. And then later, then you can go back to Evernote and you can find the source if you need it. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's partly what I'm talking okay. about. You know, because because again, like one of the things where it's like, why do I think notes were sort of weird? So like I, I very rarely would make what people call like margin notes mm-hmm. in books mm-hmm. because it, it always seemed to me like... I don't know. It just it just seems sort of pointless. Like I don't I don't understand what it is, and I do think that there is something pointless about them. Kind of hides the information. Yeah. So so this is this is exactly it. Like it it strikes me as a sort of busy work of like if you're writing this note, shouldn't that note be in the project that you're working on? Because otherwise, like how are you ever going to access that again? You have to read the book again. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this is where like my script, my, my like quote script document often started with lots of like what would be margin notes in some sense, like just kind of got thrown into the script document It's like, OK, well, this is the place where they go because I actually need to work with them. So like, I guess what I'll, what I'll say is like one of the one of the places where I found useful information to start and that got me kind of like thinking about it in the right way is i almost hesitate to mention it because you know again like we have there's like the notion nation notion nation represent there's the rome heads like there's all there's all these different there's all these different the like rome groups rovers the rome rome rovers rome yeah, enthusiasts yeah something there's like that. there's a better one in there somewhere we can come up with yeah that. somewhere we'll somewhere that. it is yeah oh <laughs> rome writers like you let us know what it is what about romanticists that's the terrible okay. I, I rate that Zero out of a thousand. That's all. All right. I mean, come on. You could have just gone ten. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe the romanticists really like that kind of terrible pun. You just used it. It's not canon. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN lets you access the internet as if you're from a different country. Your favorite streaming service will have different shows and movies available depending on where you are. And with ExpressVPN, you can unlock thousands of new shows and movies from streaming libraries around the globe. There are hundreds of VPNs out there to choose from, but ExpressVPN is my favorite because it's super fast. You can stream everything in HD quality with zero buffering, and ExpressVPN is available on every device you own, from your phone to your laptop to your tablet, even your TV. ExpressVPN works with so many streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and even more. And you can choose from almost 100 different countries. It's so simple to use. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app, just change which location you want to be coming from, hit connect, and then refresh the page and the show or movie that you want to watch will magically appear. I've done this myself. I wanted to watch a show that was on Japanese Netflix, so I was able to use ExpressVPN, change my country, refresh the application, and I could watch it in HD, no lag, no buffering. It was absolutely fantastic. Right now, if you go to expressvpn.com slash cortex, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash cortex. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. 
so th- there's also a thing which is like trying to say like, oh, what, what are all these people up to? Like this has become this popular genre and figuring yeah. things out. And so anyway, like while wandering around the Internet, I found another like really, really niche, like sub community of this kind of thing, which I'm going to call the Zettle Zealots. What is that? <laughs> so I came across this note taking system, which is called Zettelkasten. And I, I refuse. <laughs> Can I refuse. You spell this? <laughs> uh, yeah. Z E T T L E K A S T E N. Zettelkasten. Zettelkasten. Is this German? Yeah, it is. It is German. Uh, and and some of Whoa. the some of the Zettel zealots will insist that you should say it in German, like so it should be to Zettel, and it's like no, <laughs> like, uh, like, hard like 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 I, I have this with Adina. Um, it's like because of her her surname Niemtsu. Yeah, that that T S sound. Yeah, she would say to me, it's it's the Z sound in pizza. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. Zettelkasten, I guess something like that. And now every German just laughed at me, but. Yeah, yeah, I I know the sound. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I have I have the same thing with Dutch, where like there's sounds that I can hear in it, and like I can identify that sound, but I just I cannot reproduce mm-hmm. it properly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm gonna say Zettelkasten, and and there's like this community of like Zettel zealots, but there's there's some interesting stuff in here, and like I don't want to get into the whole thing. Is this an app? I can't. It doesn't look like it's an app. Oh, Mike, you're gonna make me get into the whole thing. No, it's, it's a not system, a, right? It's a system, right? right. It's a system, and the, the best way I can I can sort of explain it is like like with anything, I'm not really interested in the system itself it's like oh there w- there was a person who invented the system and he wrote a million books because of it and it's like okay great like all that lore whatever like i'm just here i'm here as like a value vampire to just extract whatever happens to be useful to me from this system of yours right and one of the key concepts that i've come across which just like it was never clear in my mind was this distinction between sources and notes and so Mm -hmm. this is this is what i'm getting at with like with evernote is like the moment you're writing anything in in evernote like that's the wrong place for it evernote is where primary sources exist and your script is is the place where like the script is the project that you know that should be like the words that you're going to record into a microphone to turn into a video but there does additionally exist a category of useful writing which we can call notes and the one of the valuable ideas that i've extracted from the zettelkasten system is it just fits in perfectly with stuff that i've done before of like okay you're thinking of notes like when you were in school and you're supposed to have like a three ring binder that tells you everything you ever wanted to never know about the English Civil War, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, forget that. Instead, what you want are like index cards. Think of it in a physical way. You've got a whole bunch of index cards and each index card is a note and each note should be a single idea about this topic. Or it should be a single summary of a primary source that exists elsewhere. And these are your notes on the topic. And coming across this, I felt like, oh, this is a huge relief. Because it it felt like two things. One, it reminded me of forever ago coming across Getting Things Done. Where 
it was really important for someone to create this distinction of you have to-do lists, but there's two things here. There's projects and there's actions. And like a lot of your problem around to-do lists is that you're not drawing this distinction in your mind. And I think like I'd never had this just pointed out in a clear way of, of like primary sources and notes and that notes are, exist as like atomic individual ideas. You're not trying to like recreate a whole book with your notes. You're trying to have like a stack of index cards with information about this topic that you can look at. And like this has been incredibly helpful. And it was also like, oh, this is perfect because I realized like quite naturally, this is a thing that I've sort of done many times when I'm stuck with a project, which is, okay, stop looking at it on your computer, you know, write out some of the basic ideas on index cards and like put them on a table in front of you and sort of think about it for a while. And like, you know, as we've discussed many times, being able to work with paper is often quite clarifying when you're having mm. problems in a digital system. I think I'm struggling to understand a little bit. Yes, please. Here's the thing. Please ask questions because it's also helpful to me at this point to clarify because like a lot of this stuff is still not perfectly settled in my mind, but I feel like I'm on the right track with a really important reevaluation of how the system works going forward that I haven't reevaluated in like a long time in this way. All right. So I have two things I want to do. One is I think I've found a summary of the method on Wikipedia, but I'll leave that oh, for a minute. Yeah, no. Right. I'll leave that for a minute because um, I might not need to get to this. We're going to tell you right now. Don't read anything about it. <laughs> it won't help you. Right. So then I'm trying to understand then what this new system is for you and why Zettelkasten is involved at all. Because, all right, let's say you've read a research paper mm -hmm. and there are things in that research paper that you want to remember. They're like mm -hmm. notes that you want to take, right? Where do they go? Don't worry about the app or whatever, but like, do you have a separate place right now that you'll put quotes and thoughts in? Uh Okay, so so yeah, right now since I'm I'm still I'm I'm still in the playing around with it phase, but let's talk about the idea in the abstract, right? So as you're reading through some primary source, when something that's interesting comes along, one of the ideas is like, okay, by hand, write a summary of that on a little index card. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, Liberty Island got bigger over time. And it's like, oh, okay, well that's interesting. Like that's an interesting piece of information. So like Liberty Island uh, is three times larger than it was 200 years ago. Is like a note on this topic. And that can just live on an index card because this is like the smallest condensation of a, of a single idea. And so it's like, okay, that just goes. And as you keep reading through sources, it's like, oh, there was a Supreme Court case in 1800 about this dispute. Okay. So then you go and you read that Supreme Court case you find out like some piece of information. And again, like you'll write down a discrete fact mm -hmm. on, on this. It's like uh, no documentation exists for why the island got bigger. Like I, I'm not meaning to, to be a d here, but no, like no. this is like how I studied history, mm -hmm. right? Which was just like I had a notebook and what I did was write down facts, figures, and tiny pieces of information mm -hmm. when I was in school so I could pass the test. Right. And I say that as in such a way as like, 
I don't want to make fun of you not being able to see the board. <laughs> right. No, no, like, like I mean, man, you're, like, don't don't get me wrong. Like this, this is a. That's why this is like such a weird topic for me because it's yeah. like, and it's also just been, is why I mentioned at the beginning, like, how can you not notice a thing that you're missing, right? Yeah, yeah. is is it really is like every time you know you ever watch i'd ever watch a video and someone's like here's here's how i use uh you know rome and i'm gonna take a bunch of notes on a thing i was just like what are you even doing like i don't understand why you feel the need to write all this stuff over again this is so fascinating to me this is fascinating i can't get my head around how someone who does what you do didn't really do this I guess you were more like highlighting things, right? Because you always talk about the highlights and, and of the Kindle books, right? Yeah. So hi- like highlighting in Kindle books and yeah. importing books into Kindle. Like this, this is also one of the reasons why I was always like, I cannot possibly leave Evernote. Because, because of all the highlights. Oh, right. Because of like God. the highlights and the ability to import books. This is into incredible. Evernote. Like the scales <laughs> are falling from my eyes. Right now I get it way more. Like it wasn't just a, it always felt to me, and I'm sure now this is why people would always say, like, why did you move to fing one though? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's not, it wasn't the system. It was the actual like, application the data was there what else were you gonna do like you couldn't move because you weren't moving notes you were moving massive pieces of information that had notes in them yeah which were more like underlines of stuff rather than you seeing a thing and being like right i'll write that one down yeah and 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 again like the the thing it's 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 so again, it's like there's just this way in which I've never really thought about what I was doing. But mm. part of the reason why over the years I've talked about highlights is because of this of this key thing of like I need to be able to highlight the important things because when I come back to whatever this is, I need to be able to reread this entire book in 20 minutes. Right. And that like and that's what I need to be able to do. And that's right, whatever but that's is doing. like the it's like the wrong thing. What you needed is, oh, I just got to go to the note on this subject i don't need to go back to the book the, the the other thing that i would say is like what i was working with is a memory of primary sources like whenever i'm working on any project it's like okay yeah i've got a folder in evernote you know which is like oh here's all the primary sources about whatever this topic is but i'm also able to remember very well like oh i read this thing in that thing like let me go back and just double check whatever these numbers are right but this is this is one of those full systems because you're relying on your memory oh i know right like more yeah. than you needed to <laughs> because if you're having to remember where to go to find the information the system's wrong yeah because yeah. you what you need is just the one place that all the information is on one topic rather than here's a folder of 20 research papers. All I have to do is remember which research paper to go to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's also a way in which like Man. it's just very interesting. Like you see how you work and I've just never thought about it. And I've been doing this for years and just kind of build it up. I cannot believe <laughs> it's taken us six years nearly to get to this. Like because this is like when, you know obviously a big thing but like i'm sure you can see how like it's fundamental right like this is this part of your system whether it's the old way or the new way is is like a fundamental part of the way that your research is done Mm -hmm. and just for some reason we have never understood with each other that this was a thing 
mm-hmm. right? Like I had always just taken as read what you were doing mm-hmm. and had never really thought that you didn't like, it's so like for me, right? I would have a note. Like let's imagine that I was making a video about the history of Nintendo. I would have a note that was like the history of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And in that note would have subheadings with like, here's something about the NES, here's something about the SNES, and like all of the little pieces of information that I would find out from watching videos, reading articles, and I would just bring them in. Mm-hmm. That's my system. But if I was working on your system, my assumption would be I would save all of that stuff to a place and make inline notes in separate places about those sources. So if I was reading an article... I would make notes on the article or if I was reading a video, maybe like notes in a comment, like in the video, maybe I'd save a link to it in Evernote or whatever. Mm. But then when it comes for me to then write the script, I have to be like, all right, so now I need to go back. Oh, I know there was something in the NES and this one and this one. But in the system that I always have had, all of the NES stuff would be in one place, right? Like I feel like it, if, I, if I'm following correctly, that's kind of like the difference because you were saying about taking a quote-unquote index card and putting a piece of information on it, right? Mm-hmm. What are these index cards in a digital system? Well, okay, so here's here's also part of the reason why, like, I'm like, what are people doing with these notes? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Is because even when you start talking about like, oh, I'm gonna let me, I'm gonna write an outline. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about here's an A4 piece of paper, and it's gonna be filled with information about Nintendo. You know, oh, they were founded in uh, what is it? It's always like 1897 or something. It's great. They were a playing card company in 1897. Yep. You know, whatever. That kind of stuff that always feels to me like, why aren't you just writing a script? If you're, if you're doing this, like what is right. what is this thing that you're even doing here? Or the reverse of it is, what is this ridiculous outline? Like, you, you know, you may put a timeline, like have a list of dates on a piece of paper with just the basic information about what happened when. All of this extra stuff is superfluous because you can just like quickly reread the book on Nintendo and like revisit the primary source and like make sure that you have everything correct. Like That's very time intensive. I think it's it's less so when you realize, like, again, why were some of the features of Evernote really key important yes. to me? And like one of them is when you're highlighting PDF documents, uh-huh. Evernote has an amazing feature, which even in a PDF will like pull all of those highlights right to the front. Well, and also as well, I assume the OCR is very helpful. Yeah, the, the OCR is incredibly helpful. Yeah, for sure. Because if you are thinking to yourself, oh, I need every piece of information about this part i know i've read it in some articles you could just search for it yeah yeah it's just very interesting and having made these videos and have experts look them over like i have a really great track record of the experts being like yeah this script is totally fine <laughs> right it's like a oh, great system works you know like there's no there's no indication huh. of like you need any change with this yeah but anyway so like just just thinking about all of this like so one of the key things about the Zettelkasten, which really resonates with me, is I totally just, I hate the concept of like notes on a single piece of paper. It's also why like the app that I use for writing my scripts is Ulysses. Because one of the key features of Ulysses is they're like, no, 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 we don't have a piece of paper that you're writing a script on. You know, they, they call them sheets, I think, but it's it's the same thing where it's like pages can be arbitrarily long. They can break at any point. You know, they can have page breaks, I mean, mm-hmm. and you can have little sections. Right. And so you can move the little sections around all the time. And I'm fairly sure that like no one uses Ulysses the way I do, where borderline, you know, every paragraph or two is 
broken up as a completely different little section because I'm very often like rearranging these things. So this is why the concept of like, you want to be able to move the notes around is really helpful to me because very quickly in a project, it becomes super clear like, oh, I don't care about this part. But if I've like written it on a piece of paper or it's like a heading on an outline, it's, it's sort of like stuck in place and you have to deal with it, right? Whereas, you know, if I'm working on who owns the Statue of Liberty and what I have is, a, is like a stack of, oh, here's 40 index cards of like your notes on this topic. There's a way in which like, you can sort them or arrange them in such a way that it makes more sense. Like, okay, these relate to each other. Right. This I don't care about at all, and I can, like, move this around. But when you're saying note, right, mm -hmm. like, this is, this is the nomenclature I really want to make sure I'm getting correct. You mean, like, a singular piece of information. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because I think a lot of people, including me, think of a note as this page. Yeah, so this is kind of why, like, when I was looking around and, and reading stuff, like, I immediately sort of gravitated towards Zettelkasten because this is one of the key concepts. Like, they talk about notes as being atomic, right? So it's like each note is an atomic piece of information. You shouldn't be able to reduce it. Can I read from Wikipedia now? Please let me read from Wikipedia. I think it will help. I genuinely okay, do. Okay, go, right. go ahead. A Zettelkasten consists of many individual notes with ideas and other short pieces of information that are taken down as they occur or are acquired. The notes are numbered hierarchically so that new notes may be inserted at the appropriate place and contain metadata to allow the note taker to associate the notes with each other. For example, notes may contain tags that describe key aspects of the note, and they may reference other notes. The numbering, metadata, format, and structure of the notes is subject to variation depending on the specific method employed. I think that helps. Because it's the idea, at least, that I think I'm following, is that the reason this system seemed to meet with you is that you've got like this little piece of information, and they're put into a system, but they are free to be moved around. Yes but they are in like a hierarchy or they are associated with each other, mm -hmm. but not in such a way of like, here is an outline. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like one of, one of the key things, you know, and th th this again is where like my feelings about notes and outlines. So it's like, this seems like nonsense before you write a paper, create an outline of the paper. Like, what are you going to write in each of these sections? There's like, that is a bunch of nonsense. That's saying, before you write the paper, you need to know what the paper is about. It's like, well, uh, how am I supposed to do that before I write it? You know, it's like, the outline's the hard part, asshole. Like, it's, this is not the easy part to get you started. Like, it's, yeah. you know, I always found that stuff just really frustrating. And again, is, is why, with so many of, like, the way this stuff is taught in school, it just seemed to me like, what, what is this charade everyone is playing? Like, I don't understand. Oh, I can write an outline before I know all the things about the topic? Exactly how am I supposed to do that? This is also why, like, this system of, like, little notes that are just individual pieces of information means it doesn't matter what order you come across these pieces of information, right? You know, like writing and research are nonlinear processes. And by having individual atomic notes, they can be created and found in any order. It doesn't matter. One of the other things that I don't know if this is going to be helpful, but since I'm still in this intermediate stage, but I suspect it's going to be helpful, is I, I have a strong feeling that this will help also more clearly define 
when am I writing versus when am I researching? Mm-hmm. Right now in the video creation process and for always, like those two phases have been very difficult to even distinguish from each other quite often. And so I suspect like, oh, I'll be able to draw a greater distinction between those two and that might be useful. Like even in my own time tracking system, in theory, I've always had two timers, one which is called like writing and one which is called research. But I'm very aware that I treat those two as totally indistinguishable from each other. Like very often I'm starting the research timer and then it's like, yeah. oh, I've basically spent all this time writing or or vice versa. And it's like, who cares? It's This is all the same sort of nonlinear, deeply interconnected process. It's not like when you write, you no longer refer to the material. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and again, like on my computer screen, like this is also why, like whenever I'm writing, I would almost always have Evernote open on the side and it's like oh yeah here's that report that dude wrote about tumbleweeds a hundred years ago like i want to have that on screen while i'm writing the section about tumbleweeds you know that kind of thing but it also does make it like a bit more burdensome that i'm always like 100 looking at the primary sources right when really what you need is this group of atomic notes yeah and then you can pick out the ones that are most necessary for the current part of the script that you're writing yeah, it's it's like yeah. a layer of information that exists between the script and the primary sources. Whereas okay. bef- <laughs> can I, I'm, I'm totally aware that I keep describing. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sure this must be infuriating as I explain to you, like what you learned in grade school is a useful skill. Right? It's like, yeah, just- <laughs> it is. This is very surreal um, to, to be talking about, like because it, mm-hmm. it's. But it's, I guess, it's kind of fascinating because it's like, how would you rediscover this type of note taking today? Mm-hmm. So okay, so this new gray system, does it only include text? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like if you had an image. Oh yeah. So again, since I'm just playing around and it's still very fluid, I've been largely working on actual paper because I think that's always the best way to think about something. Yeah. But I have found one of these apps to do this kind of thing. And it's an app called Obsidian. Obsidian. It's it's funny. It's actually someone's, uh, it's a very small team and it's their quarantine project. Like it's it's oh, a thing wow. that they've been working on. So it's, it's still pretty early. Ooh. <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> This looks complicated. Okay, so the reason this caught my attention and is also... Uh, <laughs> it supports <what>? LaTeX. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, so, okay <laughs> like, let, me, let me get there, Mike. <laughs> You've been found out. So this is like a note app. And I would say this is very much in the like Notion Rome family. You know, this is, this is another version of like different people are trying to approach this sort of concept of these interconnected... Oh webs of information this looks so complicated yeah but here's here's the thing a thing finally clicked for me which was you know last time we were, we were talking about how like oh i was working in notion and i was just trying to type and slash or and then mm-hmm. like when i hit slash a whole world of opportunities opened up to me <laughs> and it's like oh my god i don't i don't need to insert a a kanban board in the middle of this sentence but thanks guys <laughs> right i think for all also reasons which may be much more clear now i'd also largely just totally dismissed the very notion of apps like notion and rome i was like this is just nonsense this is just academic busy work for people who don't really need it 
so it just just so happens like working with obsidian and just playing around with it and seeing like okay what's the deal you know of all of these various notes like the zettle heads seem to really like mm. this this one in particular so i was like oh let me just play around with it and a thing finally clicked in my head which is i realized oh okay what all of these notes systems are doing is very similar to the thing that I used to use in college, which was org mode on Emacs. And it's it's the same concept of like when you're typing, at any point you can link to something else or insert different kinds of information. And something about like the graphical user interface of a thing like Notion made makes it to me feel like really cumbersome and absurd. But when I think about it as, yeah, but you can do this whole thing just with in an extremely large number of text files on your computer. There's a way in which like, oh, it feels much more simple to me. And I realized like, yes, when I used to use org mode on Emacs, like that's what this thing was. You can like link to any other text file or you can quickly include some to do's. You can include your LaTeX formatting if you want to. You can insert a calendar, but it's all done via text files. And that's the thing that Obsidian is doing. It's similar to Rome. It's similar to Notion. The key difference is that they're just doing it entirely through Markdown files on your local drive. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. I get it. I've been using Markdown to write my scripts for forever. So this is like no burden whatsoever to then also do a bunch of notes in Markdown. And it means that like, the transition between those two is ridiculously simple if I want information to go one way or the other. But so this is like a digital version of doing the index cards. And this is where like, oh, yeah, if you have an image that you want to use, like you can include it in just the way Markdown formats, including images. But ultimately, it's all just here's 300, you know, dot MD files on your on your hard drive that are just text files. And if you type double brackets, you can link from one to another, which is like the exact same thing that Rome does. Like if you're typing in Rome, you can open up two double brackets and you can link to any other one of the notes anywhere in your in your system. So that, does that answer your question of what happens if you have a picture? Uh, kind of. I'm really <laughs> lost looking at this Obsidian app. I would not recommend Obsidian for you, Mike. Mm, uh, no, because I don't really understand like so you're creating where are you making notes well again for me i'm still doing this almost entirely with paper as i'm figuring oh, out what's useful okay. right i have played around with obsidian um but again like just like we talk about when people are figuring out their to-do systems like you don't want to prematurely optimize for the digital version because you're going to get too distracted by the features or lack of features yep. of whatever digital tool. It's the same thing here. Like I just wanted to play around with Obsidian to see like, let me understand the concept of what this is in a digital form, which is you can have virtual index cards with virtual strings connecting related ones together. It's like, okay, cool. I understand that. And that also helped me understand this is very much like, you know, I mean, the reason I think you're feeling overwhelmed looking at it is it's very Linuxy, which is what made me think like, oh, yeah, this is just like org mode from a thousand years ago. You know, so you can have this digital version, but it's just like the basic idea is for any project, you can have notes that are just individual pieces of information. Those pieces of information, because they're on index cards, 
are not constrained by your preconception of either like what is the hierarchy or what is the order of these notes. That can that can come out of it later when you realize, oh, these three pieces of information are related or like these two pieces of information. I thought they were interesting and important at the start, but it turns out that they're actually irrelevant. So I can put them at the back of the list. Mm. It's really just about the reordering layer. And again, I think why this feels like it's a useful step for me is because it's it feels like this pre-script layer where it's much easier to think about some of the information related to a topic without one reviewing the primary sources even in their much compressed form or two writing the script where there's also this additional layer of what is the style in which i'm saying this information right because the script is not just a recitation of facts, right? No one would watch the videos if I was just like, here, let me tell you all the facts about the situation. Mm. Th that has a whole other, like, what is the style? How is this being told? Like, what are the visuals going to be? Like, that's an additional thing that I have to think about when doing that. So the notes layer feels like information organization without the burden of style and without the weight of the primary source, right? That's that's the way I think this will work going forward. I feel like Rome is a good option for you from what I know about it. Okay, why do you say that? Well, because it is all about like singular pieces of information that can very mm -hmm. easily link together. And from what I know of Rome... Mm -hmm. It is available on the web on all devices. Mm. And I, my understanding is they are making apps for all platforms. My concern would be with an app like Obsidian is like Mac only, which I don't yeah, know yeah. If, if that's the right method. Oh, yeah. 100% 100, 100 like no iOS app for Obsidian is the hugest downside. Yeah. You know, 100%. But again, this is why like I'm not really invested in what is the digital tool at this stage? Yeah, I want to come back to that, though. Like, I really do. But I, Yeah, yeah. But, like, the thing is, I wanted to just play around with it because there is a way in which it can be briefly clarifying about, like, what do people mean when they're talking about linking notes? Oh, okay, yes, this is, I this think is that, what they mean. That, that you had to start looking at some of these things, like Notion, Rome, Obsidian, for mm -hmm. you to be able to clarify the, the basic system. Yeah. Right, like I can see that of like, all right, you're like, all right, okay, so I'm not wild here. It is a a valid like way that people collect information, right? Yeah. And and now you can go back to doing what you're which you're doing now of like making sure that this basic structure makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. This has been a trip. <laughs> wow. It's, well, you know. You think you know someone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, this is where I really, I really mean this thing of, of like my other drumbeat from being just a person who makes things on the internet is the deep, deep realization that human communication is much harder than people think it is. Yeah. And one of the reasons is that human brains are much more different than people think they are, but they're also different 
in extremely subtle and hard to notice ways. And this can be one of these sorts of things where it's just like something that seems obvious to everyone can be non-obvious for someone else or just because of the way like one person's brain works, like a thing that works for everyone doesn't work for them. Well, like we have been talking about notes apps for so many years, but never had we realized that we were doing this process in such vastly different ways. Yeah, yeah. It casts back on the, like, every time you're talking about Evernote or note-taking apps, like, you realize, like, oh, there's something else here, <laughs> right, that makes mm -hmm. this conversation make a lot more sense, which is Gray thinks notes are like a Potemkin village of knowledge that schools require students create for inspectors and have mm -hmm. no intrinsic value whatsoever. And grown-ups who make notes are just repeating the behaviors from their childhood without understanding why they're doing it. <laughs> right? <laughs> just because you couldn't see the board. I still like I do still wonder like how on earth I made it so long without being able to see the board. Or realize it. Like that's <laughs> the funny part to me, right? Like it never came up. It just never came up. I do wonder sometimes because I think Perhaps if I'm trying to recreate, like, how did this situation even begin in the first place? I do know, like, one of the most important gifts that my parents ever gave to me was when I was in middle school. They gave me this, like, course on how to memorize stuff. And I know we've talked about this sometimes. Mm. And, like, I remember in middle school just really devouring this set of tricks of how to remember things. And I've always just been aware of how that one thing got me through high school and college is like here's how to memorize things and so i also just wonder is like is that a contributing factor to how i was able to get by with no one noticing i couldn't read the board is because i was like oh yeah no i've got this hack for the school system that just lets me pass these standardized tests <laughs> This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. No matter what type of website you want to build with Squarespace, they have the tools for it. They are an all-in-one platform that will let you build a blog or a portfolio or an online store, a site for an event, a site for your business. It doesn't matter what type of website you want to make. They have the tools. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They have all of that stuff covered and they back it up with award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, Squarespace have a dedicated team of knowledgeable people on hand to help you get your stuff done. Everything needs a website these days and Squarespace is the best place to start. You don't have to learn how to code. You don't have to learn how to build it from scratch. You can take advantage of their powerful and beautiful tools to help you build that website. They can also let you easily grab a unique domain name so you can give that website the domain that it deserves. And all of their templates are so beautiful, they're award-winning to help you show off your great ideas. I have been using Squarespace for, I think, over 10 years now. And I have so many projects that I've started on Squarespace and I'm going to continue to do it because it's so cool, so easy, and I love the way it works. You can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com cortex. Then when you want to launch your site to the world, their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show 
by using the offer code Cortex at checkout. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash Cortex and the code Cortex for 10% off your first purchase. A thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of Cortex and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So do you remember last time we were talking about real-time collaboration applications? You were looking for alternatives to Google Docs. That's what you were doing. Yeah, because we were upset about no dark mode. And then I said to you, all right, let's try out Word. Look out for an invitation from me. Oh, yeah. I never. I, well, I haven't opened my email since then, but I assume that that invitation never came. It never got sent okay. because Word didn't pass the initial testing for me. Okay. Basically, I spent a couple of days trying out lots of different applications. You know, like I tried Word, I tried Pages, I tried like Notion for something like this, I tried Apple Notes. Effectively, the problem is none of them are as instant as Google Docs. And, Mm. you know, like I was just doing some simple testing with like I would have Word open on my iPad and Word open on my Mac in the Mac app or in the web browser and the issue would be that it would update the information, but not immediately. It would mm. kind of like, you could basically watch the system do it. Like you would start typing a bunch of stuff. You would stop. You would see like saving. And then a couple of seconds later, it would appear in the other place. Right. And like, that is not what I want. And then, so I was doing these tests in between the time of like us recording and releasing the episode. And honestly, by the time we'd released the episode, I realized that both Word pages and everything else, none of them were as good as Google Docs. Then I started hearing from all the Cortexans who were like, please, please don't use Word. I have lost so much work through their collaboration (laughs) system because it's conflicts, right? Like this is the thing that we were talking about is like, it's conflict. Also, like, you know, there were people that were saying to, to me, like, oh, Word has a dark mode as well, but it doesn't have a dark mode. Like, the UI goes dark, but the page uh. is still white. And then there were people that would tell me, oh, all you have to do is change the page to a black background and the text to white. No, that's not a dark mode. <laughs> that's not a dark mode, right? Yeah. Like, that's you making changes that you'll eventually, like, when you're on an app, a system that has light mode and then it won't make any sense because the yeah. page is black. Yeah, I hate, I hate those pseudo dark modes so much. Yep. Uh, I was really pumped because Apple uh, recently released a dark mode for numbers, their spreadsheet program that I use mm. so much. I was like, oh, finally, like dark mode for spreadsheets. No, the spreadsheets are just as white as they ever were. Yeah, it's just all uh, the UI Chrome is dark. <laughs> it's just, it, that's not, you know, it's like, it, it, yeah. it's not helpful. Like email apps are fine, you know, like you, it, it just inverts the text color, but it's not like everybody's getting emails that are just white text right yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, that's yeah. no good. <laughs> so basically there's a long version of this but i don't think it's worth necessarily going into at this point the mm. short version is i've come to conclude that real-time collaboration for me is more important than the native os features that i want right because the most important thing that goes into these documents is the text and the text has to be correct for everyone and if right. it isn't then what was the point in even starting the document in the first place? Like if real-time collaboration was not as important, like if all I wanted was just to have like the most native features, I'd probably Mm. just use Apple Notes for everything, Mm. right? Like that's the decision I kind of come to is like, that's an application that's always going to be up to date with a system. It has good hooks in the system and I love it. I use it for so much stuff. But the problem is like you have to wait for people's stuff to get synced in. Mm. And then the other issue I was finding is that all of the new pieces of software that people are creating, like in the vein of a Google Docs, like a kind of a web-based solution, they want to be everything. 
Mm. They want to be docs and sheets and chat and tasks and everything and everything and everything and everything. Right. And that's also not what I want. Like, I want a focused product. So I think I'm basically back in the place that I end up being once every year or two. Uh, <laughs> Google Docs is the best at what Google Docs does. Yeah. And I have just have to hope that Google will update it to be what I want it to be. I'm sorry that you're... Your journey into real-time collaboration apps was was less of a less of a march and more of just a circle right back to where you started in like two days. <laughs> it really, it really didn't. At take least very it was long. a short circle then. It wasn't a That's long. That's true. Circle. That's true. I could, I didn't have to do a lot of work to come to this decision, but I just I've come to really rely and value what Google Docs does, mm-hmm. and. It's the best at what it does fundamentally. So I mentioned that now was a busy time for me, right? Like I've got a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. And the big project that I have uh, on my horizon is the Podcastathon, Podcastathon 2. Oh, Podcastathon 2. Yep. Electric Boogaloo. Indeed. <laughs> Listeners may remember that last year uh, we raised a, a ton of money. It was an incredible thing for, for St. Jude Children's Cancer Research Hospital. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more uh, about this on our next episode. Uh, but we are fundraising again starting now and throughout September. If you go to stjude.org slash relay, you can give uh, money there. It would be incredible uh, for you to support the cause. We had such an incredible showing last year. We raised over $300,000, um, which was just absolutely unbelievable. Blew us all away. And um, we want to do it again. We want to raise that money again uh, because, uh, you know, these are, it's difficult, right? Everything's difficult for everyone right now. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that this is the thing that we also can't continue to think about. And we should. Like St. Jude is such an incredible place. Like They do such incredible work. The treatments that have been invented at St. Jude, they've helped push the child cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80% in its 50 years of being around. Mm-hmm. And so supporting this charity, like their mission is to make sure that no child dies from cancer. And I think they can do that, right? Like they've they've done such incredible things over 50 years. We want to continue to support their work. So if you go to stjude.org slash relay, you can donate. Whatever you can will go a long way to helping this wonderful institution and the children that they take care of and this isn't a charity that is just an american charity they 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 help people from all over the world and the research from saint jude has helped with medicine worldwide so it is a really really incredible place that does incredible things so say i want to talk more in detail about saint jude on our next episode because that is will be in september Mm. and it's that is when childhood cancer awareness month is but also in September is Podcastathon 2. It's going to be on September 18th from 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Again, I will talk about that more. I will remind everybody in our next episode about that. But the big thing, the big thing that's taking up my time right now is that this is an all-remote Podcastathon. You're not all getting together in, uh, in, in Memphis? Tennessee again? No, not happening. It's like last year we did everything in Memphis, Tennessee that at... Uh, the St. Jude campus, they have these incredible production facilities there. And I mean, I can't be there. <laughs> right. So uh, currently at the moment, a uh, big project is getting Mega Studio set for this event. 
Oh, right. You're going to need filming as well, yep. right? Like, it's all video. You want to look good on camera. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I have my one-person production crew of Adina right now, and mm. we are making it happen. We're setting up sets. We're getting some lights. We're getting tripods. and yeah, there's there's a lot going on, and it's the big, it's a big project for everyone right now. Because as well as coming up with the content that we want to put into the event, it's like just the basics. You know, like when we started the planning for Podcastathon two, it was like, all right, how can we make this bigger and better and focus on the content? So we started doing that, and now we have the sub project of okay, now we need to rework all the logistics as well. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it, it's a bigger project. I mean, I'm really pleased this is the second one we've done because if it was the first one, it would have been infinitely harder because yeah. now we've been able to learn from last year. And, you know, like I genuinely think that the remoteness of it is not going to affect it. Like the, the only difference is me and Steven are not in the same place because yeah. every guest we had last year well, not every, but lo- many of the guests we had last year were remote guests. Yeah, it's really lucky that you were able to do it with Stephen in person the first time. Like, yeah. That makes a huge difference for trying to do it all mm-hmm. remote the second time, for sure. Yeah, so we've learned from it, and we have an incredible team at St. Jude and Olsac to help us put it on. Like They've given us access to lots of incredible resources. So I'm really excited about it, but I'm also like super nervous about it because it's a (laughs) it's a big job like for us to get this studio ready for that like it's it was never made for that right Right. so like we're currently setting up sets effectively like locations like fixed locations in the studio wait what do you mean like sets and locations like are you going to transition to oh this is this is mike by the fireside kind of set like pretty much yes so we're gonna (laughs) have three locations in the studio like one is like a relaxed location oh one is a behind the desk location and one is a secret location that i won't reveal just yet okay because we're setting up something which is in scope maybe a little more than we should do. But mm-hmm. if we are able to execute it, and I believe that we will, will be incredibly fun. So it's a big project. And like, I'm super happy that I have Adina's time for this. Like she's basically pushing everything to the side to, to do this. Because there's no way I could do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Like even just like getting the basic equipment that we need is a huge task because like, you try and find a good light right now. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have those uh, those fancy, like, I don't know what they're called, the things that you use to bounce the light off of so you can look, you know, really great on, yeah, on I'm not the camera? Gonna, I don't think I've gone to that level. The, I mean, the bounce shields? I don't know. What yeah, bounce called. shields. That's what they call it in the, in the biz. Uh, you know, like this stuff like, um, and it's a great product, like the Elgato Key Light. All the streamers use these lights. Okay. They're fantastic. I've been able to get a couple of them. Is this them. more of your RGB nonsense? Is that no, what you're talking it's, about here? It's just a pure light. There's no RGB on this one. But oh, it is, okay. it's something that all the game streamers use. But yeah, it's like this is an interesting task to tackle mm-hmm. because this is not my world. Mm. Uh, so, but it's something that we are getting a handle of during the fundraising process between now and September 18th. Like we're raising money all through September, but obviously we want to have a like a, a like a lead up to the podcastathon. Like we're going to be doing other Twitch streams, and this is all like testing of the setups, right? Okay. So we can make sure that like we have the basics ready before we have to commit eight hours, you know? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not when you f- want to find out how difficult it is to switch between sets is when exactly. you're trying to do something live for eight hours. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and so it's even like one thing where I've already realized like, oh, okay, I found a great tripod. I need two of these. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I've got this like cart we bought from Ikea that has like a small tripod on it, the laptop that I'm going to be using, the light and gear right that i need in if i'm because then basically we're moving this car around to the different parts of the studio right Mm. so it's all in a fixed location but what i've learned is for two of the locations it will be better if i can just pop the camera off and put it onto a tripod which is on the ground rather than on the car Mm -hmm. so like this is the benefit of doing these smaller tests of trying to work out what this environment will be good for and there's like two things which is like uh, uh, benefits one i'm pleased we didn't have this place entirely furnished because we would not have the space to do what we want to do right right yeah you, you didn't know that surprise you need to build three filming sets mm-hmm. in mega studio yep. <laughs> and two it's helping us accelerate the furnishing process because there's right. stuff that we need for this so yeah it's this is a very interesting task to undertake but I'm very excited about it, and it's I couldn't find a better cause to do it for. So, Cortexans, do us proud. Go to stjude.org slash relay and donate now. Get ready for the podcast-a-thon, and I'll be talking about it a little bit more next time. So as is usual for us, I had like a million more things that I wanted to talk about today right. that we're going to have to push to a later episode because I was not expecting <laughs> what was your, quote, mini topic in the episode of reassessing your note-taking <laughs> to be an absolute fundamental rebuild yeah. of what it takes to, to make a note. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to totally blow your plans. Like, I thought that was a nice, that might be a nice pre-show thing. <laughs> hey, look, as I've said many times, there's two great things about us having more. Like, I have work already done for next time. Mm-hmm. And two... It gives us stuff to talk about in more tax as well. Yes, that's right? true. <laughs> but before we go today, it's August. Mm-hmm. And around these parts, August means text adventures. Text adventure time. And we have another one. So on August 29th, the upgrade Cortex crossover text adventure for this year will be published for Relay FM members. All Relay FM members get access to this. So if you uh, subscribe to Mortex or you subscribe to another show, there is a feed called Relay FM Crossover, which is where all of the bonus content is posted. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. So if you're a member and you don't have the crossover feed, you can just click that and it will take you where you need to go to sign up for it. But this is a great time if you're not a Relay FM member to try out Mortex. Mm. Because if you go to getmortex.com, you can sign up for $5 a month and you will get more text, and you will also get the crossover feed that includes the text adventure special. So you can give it a go and see what you're missing out by not getting more text. There's going to be a trailer at the end of this episode, so you can hear the theme of this year's text adventure. So I'll play that for you. If you're not a member, you need to become one to get access to this. Go to getmoretext.com. You can sign up. You'll be able to get the more text feed and the crossover feed that will include the text adventure for you. And don't forget, more text is longer ad-free episodes of Cortex. So go check it out right now. Getmortex.com. Getmortex.com. Mike. Gray. Welcome to Z-Ward. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no, it's a zombie. 
Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You're at the hospital entrance. You're outside the hospital where your sister was admitted nine weeks ago. You may enter to the north. The hospital grounds continue east. Okay, I've, I've already got to redo my map. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> didn't last very long. <laughs> you read the poorly spelled email you received this morning from your sister. Halp, zombie, apocalypse, XOXO, Francis. Looks like you're right, Mike. It's zombie time. The only real piece of information that we need is what kind of zombies are we dealing with here? Are they like zombie zombies or are they 28 days later zombies? If they're zombie zombies, zombie zombies aren't that big of a problem. I'm hoping it's zombie zombies. You have a fire extinguisher. If we have to use this fire extinguisher to extinguish a fire, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> it turns out this is just a lesson in fire safety, this whole adventure. <laughs> I guess typical style, we check this floor, right? Like, let's not leave the floor. Mike, you and I, we're like a, we're like a SWAT team here. We're going to cover our corners. We're going to take it floor by floor. With a fire extinguisher, just like a good SWAT team. The theater is filled with the shuffling bodies of zombified patients and staff members. Oh. There are too many zombies here to fight. Upon seeing you, they become agitated and start to close in. Get out. Close the door. <laughs> close the door. Don't dead. Open inside. Reference acknowledged. Zombies begin to enter the kitchen. We're fucking this round. We shouldn't have opened that door, huh? The zombies attack you and bite you and kill you and you die. The end. All right. Okay. Fine. You open the heavy door and find a chef. Say hello. She says, you didn't eat anything, did you? The chief of staff told me to add vitamin Z to the meatloaf. After that, everything just went to hell. No, no, I'm gonna turn the dial, okay? No, but what I'm saying is do we need to do that right now. You have no sense of exploration, Mike. <laughs> you guys may not remember the past text adventures, but we've had this conversation before. <laughs> Set dial to high. The machine hums and the zombie thrashes around. But something goes wrong. The machine starts to smoke and the electrodes catch fire. The zombie's eyes burst from their sockets and the power goes out. Are we in darkness now? I can't see anything. Oh, it's no. dark. Uh, I guess this is where we use the bullet on ourselves and start over. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just, you know, load your save. Game. <laughs> you managed to escape Z-Word with your life, but you'll never forgive yourself for the loss of your sister. The end. Okay. Boo. Okay. Okay. All right. Reload. <laughs> save <Wow>. slot two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most Judgy. judged we've been by oh. Spelotron. <laughs> if you want this text adventure, it's available for all Relay FM members in the crossover feed. You can become a member today at getmoretext.com. This is the world's most ambitious text adventure crossover event. Yes. <laughs> it's not that ambitious, but still.